Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. Sing, daughter Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with your, all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord hath taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang. The Lord your God is with you, the Almighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you and sing. This is my word God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Kara. Well, yesterday, I went to Walmart, and as I got out of my car and walked toward the building, I noticed some music playing from a speaker attached to the building, and I could tell right away it was some type of a Christmas song, because it had sleigh bells in it and a saxophone, and it just had that feeling like, like, yay, be happy, it's Christmas time, and... I'm sure Walmart wants all their shoppers to be in the Christmas spirit. And yet, something was so disjointed about that experience because it was raining, and the other shoppers looked like they were in a hurry and loaded down with care as I was. I mean, the reason I was at the store was to get home COVID tests. Not exactly a a joyful occasion. And I think that is what Christmas is like sometimes. Because you know you're supposed to be joyful. It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? You're supposed to feel joy, but what if you don't feel joy? What if you don't feel happiness? What if, what if instead of Christmas cheer, you feel loneliness or grief or uh, anxiety or stress? Those are all very real feelings. I think of what, it, what it's like for the families in Franklin and Milton who lost their kids at this Christmas season. Christmas, sometimes we don't feel the joy that we are told we're supposed to have at Christmas time. And there are many good reasons why you may not be feeling joyful today. And that's okay. You, you don't have to feel a certain way um, You don't have to pretend that everything is great and just get in the Christmas spirit and smile and and, and, and grin and bear it. But today we're looking at the, the scriptures to find real joy, to find a deeper joy. We're looking at a prophecy written by Zephaniah that has traditionally been read by Christians um, during the Advent season. And Zephaniah is probably one of the least known books of the Bible. How many of you could even find it without your table of contents? A few. Excellent. Extra points. Um, uh, 
There is Zephaniah and Zechariah, to make it confusing. We're doing Zephaniah. Um, and, and, but his obscurity doesn't mean he has anything less important to say to us. Zephaniah has good news of great joy. And I want you to hear what that joy is this morning. First, I want to look at what his message of joy was to the people at his time, and then what that means for us today, what the joy that we can grab onto is for us today. So first, uh, the joy for his people when he gave this prophecy. Let's look at verse 14, chapter 3, verse 14. Sing, daughter Zion, shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. Now, Hebrew has no exclamation points, no italics or bold type. If, If they want to emphasize something, they repeat it, right? And here, Zephaniah is saying the same thing in three different ways. You see how he uses the three different names of the people of God. He talks about Zion, the kind of uh, symbolic name of Jerusalem, God's home. And then Israel, the, the, the name of the, the family that became the people of Israel. And then Jerusalem, daughter Jerusalem. <clears throat> and and, and the, the emphatic repetition of be glad, rejoice, it, it, it says it most clearly there, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. Uh, I think he's trying to say something. He's trying to say, be joyful. Now, what kinds of things might happen to you that would make you leap for joy and rejoice with all your heart? Maybe watching your kid or grandkid uh, uh, make a winning play out on the ball field, or getting news that you have a new great-grandchild or that your grandson-in-law is home from from service, or maybe getting the phone call that you are finally cancer-free. Right? There's, there's some things that just make you rejoice and, and shout for joy. Well, Zephaniah is about to tell us what will make these people rejoice. But before we get to that, we have to understand who he's talking to and what the context is, because we kind of walked into this at the end of the movie. And so I want to tell you what has happened already in this book. Now, Zephaniah was a fiery prophet who lived near the end of the kingdom of Judah. He was a contemporary of Jeremiah. And he um, lived at a time when people were complacent, they were were far from God, Um, the the city was filled with idolatry and corruption. Just listen to what he says about Jerusalem in the beginning of chapter 3. It's not on the screen, but just listen to this. He says this about his own people, the people of God. He says, Woe to the city of oppressors, rebellious and defiled. She obeys no one. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. Her officials within her are roaring lions. Her rulers are evening wolves who leave nothing for morning. 
Her prophets are unprincipled. They are treacherous people. Her priests profane the sanctuary and do violence to the law. Wow. Things were messed up. These were the people that should have been representing God and being faithful to him. And and they were so far gone at this point. Zechariah and the other prophets were saying, Look, because of all this sin, and you have not listened to God's repeated warnings, judgment is coming. There is what Zechariah calls a day of the Lord in store. Now, the day of the Lord for them was the Babylonian army coming to Jerusalem and decimating it in 586 B.C. That that happened. And this is maybe uh, 20 years out from that point. So that's what's in view. And yet, there are a faithful few in Jerusalem. There's this remnant of people who, who want to stay true to the Lord. And there are people who will hear the message and repent and join them. And so where's the hope for them? Imagine how, how discouraging it is if you are trying to live um, and follow God and yet the priests are, are worshiping idols and the merchants are swindlers and your neighbors um, uh, worship pagan gods and nobody around you is, is listening to the message of the Lord. How discouraging would that be? And then you know that Judgment Day is coming and your, your home is going to be destroyed. You're going to lose everything. You might be carted away to a foreign land. Where's the hope for you? Well, it's to this group of people that Zephaniah speaks in chapter 3, verse 14. And to anyone who will repent. That's when he says, rejoice and be glad with all your heart. Now, he says, a happy ending is in store for you. Even though things are dark, even though no one's listening to God, um, there is a happy ending in store for you. So let's go to see what this happy ending is. Verse 15. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. Now he's speaking as if this has already happened, but it's kind of like a prophetic um, present tense looking into the future. So he's speaking about a day when this will have already happened. Now, he's saying, look, rejoice because a day is coming when you will rest easy. You will be safe and secure. No enemies, no punishment or judgment, no harm. Why? The key here is the Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. He's with you. And where the Lord is, there's safety. Where the Lord is, there's peace and joy and freedom and heaven on earth, right? If you love God, that's the best news you can hear. He will be with you. And Zechariah amplifies this idea in verse 16 and part of 17. Look, on that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands grow or hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. So picture it this way. I was trying to put it in kind of a modern parable that might speak to us. 
picture this. There's a young girl walking home from school one day. And then two older boys step out from behind a building and block her way in the sidewalk. And they're kind of menacing her. And then another boy joins and another boy joins. And pretty soon they have her surrounded. And they're taunting her and threatening her. And she feels so scared. Her heart is pounding. Her, her breathing is shallow. Her vision is getting blurred. They begin to push her around the circle and rip off her backpack. And, and then she falls to the ground and she's so scared. And these guys are just getting closer and closer and closer. And then she hears a voice. And the, the bullies scatter and she looks up and there's her dad coming to the rescue. And all of that fear and anxiety and terror is suddenly replaced by joy and by a feeling of safety and, and, and happiness and rest because her dad is with her and no one can hurt her anymore. She's safe. That's the kind of feeling and the kind of image Zechariah was trying to convey in this passage. The day, there's a day when nothing will make them afraid because God will be with them as a mighty warrior to save. And now here comes the climax of this whole section and the, and the rest of verse 17. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I prefer the, the ESV translation of this verse, which says, instead of he will no longer rebuke you, it says he will quiet you with his love. In his, uh, he will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. So the whole passage started with singing, and now it's, this section is ending with singing. But who is singing here? The Lord is singing. Does that surprise you a little bit? We're told so many times in the Bible, sing to the Lord, rejoice, and lift your voice to the Lord. But here, the prophet says, God will sing over us. God is a singer who will serenade those he loves. I, I think of how when my kids were, were babies, I would hold them in my arms and just sing over them with love. Or maybe when a husband sings to his wife love songs. I'm sure all the husbands in this room do that regularly. Just you sit down and say, let me serenade you, honey. <clears throat> Some of the wives are like, no, please don't. <laughs> Just put on, put on a Bing Crosby song or something. But seriously, that's the image. God, Zechariah has in mind of just God rejoicing over his people, delighting in them, just so glad that they are his and, and, and he is with them. And that right there, that image, is like a, a keyhole that we can look through and see this huge theme of the Bible. God has always been about creating and gathering a people for himself to love and delight in. Right? He starts by creating Adam and Eve, and he wants to just enjoy them and have them enjoy him, but then they spurn his love, 
and fall into sin. So he, he, he takes Abraham and he says, I'm going to make you into a nation. And then this nation becomes Israel. And God says of them in Exodus 19, you are my treasured possession. He loves them. But what happens? Things end up where we are in Zechariah with his own people rejecting him again and again. So Jesus comes and dies for sinners. And that anyone who trusts in him becomes part of his body, or as, as he says it in Ephesians, his bride. His bride. God's people are his bride that he loves with a great affection and treasures and delights in. Like a husband delights in his, in his new bride. Now, <clears throat> Zechariah's message is all about joy. He tells this remnant, even though Judgment Day is coming, God has a day of rejoicing in store for you, a day when all fears will be gone. So rejoice with all your hearts. But greater still is the joy that your God has in you because you belong to him. You are his beloved. Um, He's like the dad who rescues his daughter who will just be so full of joy that you are safe and sound and with him. So that was the message for the people of God in Zechariah's time. And now let's cross the bridge into 2021 and see what does this mean for us. I want to share just two things that can bring you joy. Two truths in this passage. Here's number one. Even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it doesn't feel like it, you have a reason to rejoice. Right? Think of the parallels between the people in Zechariah's day and people in this day who love God and want to follow him. You look around and it seems like the world is dark. Life is hard. Um, Evil is real. People aren't listening to God. Um, Our nation is not listening to God. The world is not listening to God. And you think, And there's all these things that can make us afraid. What if tragedy strikes? What if my kids are exposed to all this evil that I see? What if our nation crumbles and unravels? All these things that make us afraid. Right? Well, no matter what, you have a reason to rejoice because there is a happy ending. God has set a day when all will be made right again. Though it doesn't look like it now, it's coming. It's coming. Dad is coming to the rescue. Zechariah promised that God would be with his people. And you know what? You remember the name that was given to Jesus at his birth? Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Jesus, his whole identity was God coming to dwell with his people. And now... Even now, Jesus is with his body, with the church, by his spirit, reigning over us, indwelling us, um, protecting us, delighting in us. God is with us. You have reason to rejoice because of that. Here's the second truth I want to bring out. That 
even if you don't feel joy in yourself, from within yourself, God takes joy in you. God takes joy in you. Do a gut check with me. How do you think God feels about you when you come across his mind? Does he feel a little disappointed, annoyed, angry? Does he feel cold and indifferent? You may even believe God loves you, but does he like you? Does he smile when he thinks of you, or is he like, eh, yeah, I've been working on them a long time, and they still don't get it, right? Let me tell you this. If you are in Christ, God delights in you. He rejoices with great joy over you. He is so glad that you are his, and he is yours. And nothing can change that. Not whether you feel joyful or whether you have been a good boy or a good girl or, or whether um, things are going well in the world, God is wild about you. He rejoices over you with song. He celebrates you. There's a way in which all of those words that Zechariah spoke to those, that remnant can transfer to us. Remember, he was speaking to people who would come through Judgment Day unscathed because of their trust or repentance and trust in the Lord. Who are those people today? Those who are in Christ. Those who are faithful to Jesus or aren't faithful and repent and turn to him. That's that's who is in view here. Do you know what Zechariah's name means? It means God has hidden, which is kind of a strange name. God has hidden. But maybe there's a clue as to his message because those who will survive Judgment Day are hidden from God's wrath. And that is exactly what happens when you come to Jesus. God hides you in Christ, and it's no longer your sins that are being judged but you are seen through Christ's righteousness. Amen. God has hidden you in Christ, and now you're not an object of wrath. You are his beloved bride, his beloved, um, the object of his affection. He is, in the words of Zechariah, God has taken away your punishment, and now he has included you in the company of his beloved. And he just delights in you. So can you, can you muster up a little bit of faith to believe that God feels that way about you? He doesn't just love you. He likes you. He rejoices in you. He's, he is so happy that you belong to him. Does that mean he doesn't correct us? No. Does it mean... Um, We do everything right to please him? No. His love is unconditional. And if you're in Christ, you are a beloved object of his affection. So maybe, maybe you don't feel a whole lot of joy bubbling up from within you right now, this Christmas season. 
Maybe you've had a hard year or a hard couple of years. Maybe you're grieving. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you're stressed. Maybe you're numb. Maybe you're um, anxious. Just remember this. God rejoices over you. God's own joy is triggered by you being one of his people. That's good news. Um, And you know what? As you think of that, as you ponder that reality and let it soak into you, just maybe you will feel some joy yourself. Have you ever noticed that joy is contagious? That when you're having a bad day, when you're discouraged, when you're sad, and you go to see someone who is happy, who, who is laughing and smiling, pretty soon you find yourself smiling and laughing with them. And so maybe today what we need to do is just ponder the joy that God has in you, and maybe that will be contagious. And we'll go out of this place with renewed joy. Let's pray. Lord, what an awesome truth. What an unbelievable truth sometimes to us that you take joy in us. We feel so unworthy sometimes. We feel um, we fail you, God. We... uh, we, we wonder how you can seriously rejoice over us. But we, we take it on faith that what you've done in Christ to create a people for yourself is real and that you do indeed rejoice over us with singing and, and quiet us with your love. You delight in us. So we ask that that truth would seep into our bones, that we might truly believe and know our lovedness and our, uh, the joy that we bring you. That, that might inspire us to have our own joy and to please you and, and live for you even more. And God, I pray that if there are people here today or listening online who are not in Christ, who are not, have not repented and trusted in you, that they would hear your voice calling to them, wooing them, that you love them, you long for them as well. So God, we pray this in the name of your son Jesus, 